today, President Trump bypasses Congress and signs an executive order for more economic relief for Americans. CNN wonders aloud if left-wing media even exists. And the rumor mill swirls about Joe Biden's vice presidential pick. We've got a lot coming up this Monday, and it starts right now. Hello, welcome, happy Monday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined today by two of my very favorite people in the whole wide world, Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show and also Texas uh, future governor. I I just throw that out there. Me as well. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Yakubuyans, host of the Yakubuyans Show. Uh, Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Standing with Chad Prather for governor. My man. Yako knows what's up. Publicly. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. There you go. And while while we joke, that means the world to me. It really does. Thank you, Yako. Uh, So let's get into the headlines. It was kind of an interesting uh, weekend starting on Friday when President Trump announced after Congress had failed to act on coming to any sort of agreement with the next round of COVID-19 relief bill. Uh, He decided that he was going to sign an executive order to deliver economic relief uh, from the COVID-19 pandemic. What is this? The the fifth? It feels like the 20th. But I think it's I remember the last one that they were working on was like four, four point five. So uh, this is one of many. But this time it was delivered by executive order uh, and it includes a four hundred dollar per week supplemental unemployment payment, an extension of student loan relief, eviction protection and a payroll tax holiday. So Americans who are currently out of work will be eligible to receive that four hundred a week unemployment benefit. The federal government will pay three hundred. And the federal government is putting it on the states to be responsible for the additional one hundred dollars. This is, of course, changing from previously it was six hundred dollars a week, dropping that down a little bit. Um, I know that uh, Andrew Cuomo, I heard Andrew Cuomo come out and said this is we we, President Trump expects us to help fund this. All of these unemployed people, we can't pay. We can't be on the hook for a hundred dollars a person. We can't do. We can't pay for our own people. We've already spent all of our money in all of these other places. Uh, but uh, Chad, what are your thoughts on the president bypassing Congress, doing this as an executive order and uh, lessening the amount a little bit? Well, when you go back and you look at what the what Congress was putting in their proposal, I mean, there's a lot of slush that comes back to them, right? Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I think the executive order maybe makes sense. Uh, I get tired of all of the stimulus and stuff like that because at some point in time, this has got to come to an end. Right. And I've said from the very beginning that this feels to me like they're trying to make everyone governmentally dependent uh, you know, my five-year plan at this point is just to get through 2020. <laughs> uh, it feels like forever. I mean, we this pass. isn't going to go away. I think we just keep kicking. It's the same with the mask issue. We just keep kicking the can further down the road mm-hmm. with things like this. So, you know, the inner workings, who knows what's really going on in there and what's happening and who's saying what and what the plan is. Does anybody have a plan? We don't know. But, I, you know, no. when I see this I on the surface, overall, I don't like it. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yaku. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. But look, I think there's a lot of politics involved here mm-hmm. because he's also trying to win the White House again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so so w- roll the dice, don't do it. How does America react? Mm-hmm. Roll the right. dice, do it. Right. And at least it's like, well, the guy put money in my pocket across the board, mm-hmm. both sides of the aisle. For me personally, I can't stand it. 
-hmm. I can't stand stimulus packages. This is not who we are as Americans. It's not we don't like handouts. I'm not for not helping people who are struggling. But you know how you help them? Open the country back up. Right, right. And I think people go to work. Yeah. And crime's going to go down. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Johnny that's sitting on the couch is getting six hundred dollars a week and four hundred dollars a week. Nothing to do is conjuring up all the fantasies he's ever had of (laughs) toppling government and whatever it is, right? So how about we just open the country back up? But that may be a little too dangerous in a race, 80-something days away from a race. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we've said it. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, if if your last name is Trump at this point. So, Mm -hmm. So I think he's trying to do the best he can in the eyes of all Americans across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, President Trump, he said... If he is victorious on November 3rd, this is I, this is a total Trump move. Uh, he plans to forgive the taxes that he's deferring the payroll taxes. So he's deferring those payroll taxes for Americans through the end of the year. But he says he plans to forgive those taxes if he is reelected and make permanent cuts to the payroll tax. He says Joe Biden and the Democrats may not want that, but that is what he plans to do. So a, a little bit of a, the art of the deal, I feel, yeah. is coming out of just That just like, proves the point I just made. I yes. think he's definitely... Yes. Look, you're you, going to get some favor. Right. For but, sure. For but sure. political on both sides, not just yeah. on Trump's part. No, 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 no. Both sides. Because certainly Absolutely. he wants to set himself up to win re-election, who wouldn't want to do that. But, I mean, the Democrats are also, I think that they would be completely satisfied if all Americans were homeless and hungry uh, because they they might think that that would win them the election this time around. I mean, that's what you get to do when you're the incumbent, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, you're seeking re-election. It's an election year. He's within, what, three months of doing this whole thing. Uh, So, yeah, of course he's going to pull a number like this. I'm with Yako. I don't like it. I don't Mm -hmm. like any of it. I don't, I mean. Do you, you, is it because of the precedent that it sets doing all of this through executive order? But everything we do these days is a slippery slope. Yeah. Everything. It's it's like we're testing the limits on everything that we can Mm do. And, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like the whole scenario. Open the country back up. Again, quit kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, to say that I've got to forgive something after the election. Well, let's let's stop creating the dilemma that needs to be forgiven. Right. Right. It's inherent in the language that's being used. If I have to forgive you of a, let's call it what it is, a debt, well, let's quit creating the debt. Mm-hmm. Let people go back to work and be Americans, hard, the people who put Donald Trump in office are blue-collar, hard-working Americans that pull themselves up by their bootstraps, contrary to what AOC thinks or says. Yep. Uh, they're people who blaze their own trail. When they fall down, they pick themselves up. They dust themselves off. They keep themselves going. Most of them work six days a week, worship on Sunday or Saturday, and they keep on going. That's what America's built on, and we're creating a foundation of weaklings, quite yes, honestly. Yes, yes. Well, and there's been this uh, growing kind of controversy, uh, both sides of the fence, Republicans are saying you're giving these people too much money because if you incentivize them to stay at home, they're going to stay at home. They're not going to go back to work. Democrats have used that as an opportunity to say, uh, specifically Chuck Schumer, I heard over the weekend, say that's that's insulting. That's not who Americans are. You're trying to say Americans would do that. And that's not who Americans are. Uh, I want to ask both of you, gentlemen, who who is more correct in this? Because I Honestly, I think that the Democrats, whether or not they're correct, is one thing, but it's a very uh, effective messaging for them to come out and say, can you believe those Republicans Mm -hmm. would, you know, they'd categorize you as lazy. That's not who you are. And we know that. But we're going to help fund your life anyway. The rhetoric sounds good, but the actions behind it, they've never proven that. 
they've never lived up to that type of rhetoric. And back to Yako's point, you know, when you keep rewarding people for being lazy mm-hmm. and or not even lazy, just having to do nothing right. to receive it. It's like putting a kid in timeout. It just gives them 10 more minutes to think about the next round of crap they're going to do to you. <laughs> right. So these days we don't even have people who are who are they're not even breaking into stores with some of the videos I'm seeing right now. They're just walking in, stealing stuff and walking right yeah. back out with no penalty. Yeah. So this whole thing, this this you're using rhetoric without backing it up mm-hmm. in a big, big way. And I don't. Chuck Schumer. Yeah, Yaku, what do you think? Chuck Chuck is, he's nuts anyway. (laughs) You're training behavior right now, Mm -hmm. and this is what they want. You shift culture by changing its language, which they do, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you train behavior, and the behavior they want is a people who is fully dependent on government. And you know, it's very hard. When you break rhythm, it was hard to come out of lockdown, mm-hmm. get back in rhythm, mm-hmm. have a clock again. And so when there's handout and debt's forgiven all the time, and it's just like you don't have to work that hard. And, you know, we're going to wipe your nose and your backside every day. People become dependent. They've, and that's what they want. Should they win the White House? Trust me. They are going to drop the hammer on you are the underling mm-hmm. and government's going to be huge, yeah. like so big. We'll make Canada look like a happy place, okay? Mm. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. It's oh, going to be bad. Terrifying. Uh, sure so CNN, uh, Brian Stelter, yesterday. I love it when we have a Brian Stelter story, and I get to remind everyone out there watching that the man is 34 years old. That's, he's, a, he's 34 years old. He looks like Jerry it's Nadler just, found his wiener. Gonna- you know what? He doesn't watch your show. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't watch your show because he doesn't use keeps. It's true. He doesn't it's use true. keeps. It's he true. needs to watch your show. I'll give him the promo code. Because now he's got to shine his noggin. <laughs> he is just insufferable. Uh, he claimed yesterday that, you know, Republicans all over the place are saying Joe Biden isn't fit. They keep talking about, you know, they're just making this stuff up out of thin air that that Joe Biden is not fit to be president. Well, Brian Selter has some news for all of these people saying that because he has the real reason that Joe Biden is, in fact, fit to be president. Okay, watch. Every day, every day. This is what's airing on the radio. There's Michael Savage saying, I pity the man. There's Mark Levin saying, I think Biden's in a nursing home. What the heck is going on on these programs? Look at what Fox News saw on Saturday at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. This is Joe Biden out there on a vigorous bike ride. Not wearing a helmet, but definitely wearing a mask, by the way. Fox's narrative and talk radio's narrative for months has been that Joe Biden is falling apart. You just heard Ben Shapiro say it, falling apart. And there he is riding a bike out for a bike ride, and Fox of all networks is the one that showed it happen. Look, we are gonna see negative partisanship fuel the next three months, the last three months of this never-ending campaign. It is a key part of what is going on. It is a potion, an ugly potion, that's only, only getting worse. Wow, he got him, he got him. Joe Biden may not be able to formulate sentences, Mm -hmm. okay, but he was riding a bike, so obviously <laughs> he is fit to become president, Chad. Uh, yeah, well, he can ride a bike. So could Barack Obama, and that was a great media op, wasn't it? Uh, so can my eight-year-old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, mm. Okay, well, there's some things I was about to say, and now that I'm running for governor, I can't say them. 
I did just make a reference to Nadler, Nadler to Nadler, but either way, <laughs> that guy's 34 years old. He's really. unless he's had a birthday in the last couple months. Yes, he is 34. <laughs> I mean, okay, so you're going to list off conservative commentators like Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro and and Fox News. It tends to lean a little bit. I, I don't know where they lean these days, but historically they have. What about Sirius XM, where you have progressive radio or urban radio? They're all going to be talk for the Democratic side. What about uh, NPR? What about the BBC for crying out loud? What about, I mean, that's not even American radio. And look right. where they, yeah. they, right. they lean. So it's insane. What about Rachel Maddow? Well, it's funny that you mention all of these uh, mm-hmm. different shows because Brian Stelter actually made the point that there are all of these, all of these right-wing companies that just, they're, they are dead set on uh, demonizing Joe Biden We don't really see that on the other side. Here is uh, what they said on CNN Watch. When you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? Uh, There there really isn't. And, you know, what I would say, it's it's really a diet of, of this type of information that a lot of these voters are getting. A lot of the voters that I talk to, I can, uh, you know, when I interview them, I do hear uh, them saying a lot of the talking points that sound very familiar from from some of these shows, which I try to listen to when I'm out on the campaign trail or when I'm at home, uh, you know, watching TV. You know, you can can hear these uh, these comments being echoed uh, by, by voters. It's incredible, though, that do- it doesn't exist. We don't see it on the other side. This is fun. I'm going to have fun with this one. <laughs> I love this. The liberals just showed you that they're armchair quarterbacks, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and don't hit me back. Right. Wait a minute. What do you mean you're going to hit me back? Historically, we've only had mainstream media that is attacking the right, attacking, you know, our Second Amendment, the Constitution. And all of a sudden we punch in back a little bit. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here for a hell of a fight and we're coming for you. Yeah, we're coming. Step in the octagon. I'll say things he can't say. I'm not running for governor. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Let me tell you about sir. What he just showed you is how low the bar is set mm-hmm. to actually lead the left. You got to ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. great point. For and, president. And yeah. certainly in Now I understand why they champion AOC, because if you need to ride a bike to be president, you maybe <laughs> just need to be able to walk to have <laughs> AOC's position. I mean, it's like the bar is low. Right? Not even chew gum at the same time. No, 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 no please. Walking. No, no. That takes cognitive behavior, which he doesn't have at the moment. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's abuse. They're abusing the man and they know it. But man, yeah. oh, I love seeing this because we're coming like thunder. All right. If you think this is something, I mean... That is the most ridiculous statement. He works for CNN. Yes. Well, they're they're an apple is an apple. They're non-biased here. Not like those entire right-wing media companies that are designed to uh, tear down Joe Biden. <laughs> no media company exists to do that for Trump, Chad. Joe Biden tears down Joe Biden. Okay, first of all, the DNC tears down Joe Biden just by the sheer fact that they're putting the man out there for this type of abuse. He's not ready for it, not capable of it. He can't do it. Uh, this... The hardest exercise anyone can do, the most painful, is to think. Mm -hmm. They know their viewers aren't thinking. They know that the general populace out there, the American voter, is not thinking. They're not complex thinkers. They're not critical thinkers. And I don't say that insultingly. We haven't been taught how to think. We've taught to memorize certain facts and then regurgitate them on a test and get a degree or a diploma. Not to think. 
So when you say something like this, it's not that hard for a person that can't pick out, let's say, Britain on a global map to believe that yeah, because right. they're not listening. One, they don't listen to Ben Shapiro. Right. I barely listen to Ben Shapiro <laughs> because I can't think deep enough to understand what Ben's saying some of the times. But, you know, they're not listening to Mark Levin. They're not listening to Mike Knowles. They're not listening to Jacob Bullions. They're not watching this show. They're not listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, to do that requires some thought. Mm. And they don't want to do that. So they listen to Pinhead. <laughs> and Pinhead tells them what reality is all about. Right. And the thought bubble comes on and they go, yeah, that's right. Mm. But they're wrong. I like to call him a thumb. Just looks like a the big thumb, like a thumb, right? Just a yeah. thumb. Uh, all right, we've got more coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Home Title Lock. So, uh, you know, you have a home alarm system. You're thinking like, well, when I leave the house, my home is safe. Nothing could go wrong. Uh, no one could steal anything because I set my alarm and everything's fine. But what you don't realize is that you are actually still uh, setting yourself out there to be vulnerable for home title fraud which is actually becoming more and more of a problem these days. A lot of people haven't even heard of it, but someone can actually literally find the title to your home online. They can forge your name on the deed stating that you have sold your home, and then they can refile as the new owner. Uh, they can evict you. They All of your equity that you have put into your house, which is oftentimes it's like your retirement nest egg, it's gone. It is just totally gone. And uh, by the way, no bank program protects you. No uh, regular identity theft program protects you. There is nothing that can protect you from this nightmare happening to you except Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your house and the instant that they detect tampering, they will mobilize to shut it down. Uh, first things first, you got to go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address. See if you're already a victim. Okay, you won't know it unless something happens and it's too late. You want to be on top of it before all of these awful things happen and you get evicted from your own home. So, Go to HomeTitleLock.com, use promo code Y, that's W-H-Y, for 30 free days of protection. That is promo code Y at HomeTitleLock.com. Back in a minute. Senator Kamala Harris has, uh, of course, been jockeying to secure the VP spot within the potential Biden administration. But former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown says she should not take it if offered. Now, I know you, you hear that and you're like, what? what? What would Willie Brown with his past with Kamala Harris, uh, extramarital affair, you know, ring any bells? What would he have to say bad about her? Why would he be saying this? Well, he actually said uh, in a San Francisco Chronicle op-ed headlined, Kamala Harris should say no to vice presidency. He said that Harris is a tested and proven campaigner who will work her backside off to get Biden elected. That said, the vice presidency is not the job she should go for. Asking to be considered as attorney general in a Biden administration would be more like it because historically the vice presidency has ended up uh, being a dead end. So he thinks, well, the attorney general actually has legitimate power and from atop the Justice Department, the boss can make a real mark on everything from police reform to racial justice to prosecuting corporate misdeeds. Uh, so he just wants her to have more power as it turns out, which is terrifying to me. But uh, also interesting. It would be interesting to see how that plays out, because I thought that her whole tough on crime background was going to hurt her. 
uh, in this in this day and age. And Willie Brown says, no, we should actually give her more power and make her the attorney general. Yeah, she slaps everybody in jail, right? Yeah. But so did Joe Biden, right, with the right. 94 crime bill. So them. that fits. But I, I mean, I have to agree with his logic. She'd do a lot more mm-hmm. as the attorney general than she would as the vice president. But, but vice president but, of but, Joe Biden's camp. But exactly. Yeah. That's yes. the point. You're When you start talking about, look, Joe Biden, mm. he gets elected in November of 2020. Is Joe Biden still the president in November of 2022? Two years away, right? I don't think so. How about if Joe Biden gets elected in November of 2020 as president, does Joe Biden know that he's just gotten elected (laughs) as president in November of 2020? Or or do they give him the wrong address to the inauguration? (laughs) Right? He's going to show up at the Senate building. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be like, I thought we were having it here at the House. (laughs) I mean, he hadn't left. So (laughs) I thought we were doing it out in the backyard, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's the point i got to make. Yeah. Yaku, what are your thoughts? No, look, anybody else, that's, that's, that's sound advice. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you, let's, let's take the names out of it. Mm-hmm. If you really want to move the needle as an individual, right, you could argue that for sure. And I, I, I can't argue. I would give that advice to a friend potentially. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's interesting, though, because he too must know. Mm-hmm. That Joe Biden's not, I say six months, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he gets elected, two years is gracious. Very. He too must know. So that m- must mean that he doesn't want her as a president potentially. Right. Mm. Think of it, flip okay. the script just a little bit there, because the obvious is you would say, well, you could do more as an AG, you know, mm-hmm. which is scary. Right. That's a frightening thought right. ever. Barr versus Harris. But I'm thinking of it, oh, so he doesn't want her to be president because they know there's no way Joe yeah. Biden rides it out. See, because your first thought is, well, maybe maybe Willie Brown thinks that uh, maybe, you know, Joe's going to actually be president for a while. And then you're like, no, 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 no. He realizes <laughs> yes. that now the scrutiny is going to be on Kamala, which ultimately puts a little bit of a spotlight back on him. So what do you think the uh, the Biden campaign is doing right now? Right. Because they they said that they were going to announce the VP pick the first week of August. Then they had that there was that weird Politico leak. I want to call it a leak, but they've never confirmed that it was a leak uh, about Kamala being his running mate. Then he delayed it another week after all of those weird rumors surfaced about Karen Bass. What's going on? Let me tell you how boring my life is and the way my brain works. It's scary. At 4 a.m. this morning, that's exactly what I was laying in bed thinking about. I swear to you. I'm sitting there going, now, what are they doing? What's going on here? I mean, are they doing a list of pros and cons? Is it that is it truly that hard? Is the pool of people to pick from in terms of the qualifications? Because he's already messed himself up. I've seen some pretty funny memes of uh, Hillary Clinton painted up in blackface saying, you know, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> because he said he wants a black female. Right. Right. He wants a, a or, or he wants a female, a of, female color. Person of color. Yeah. So that being said, you know, how shallow is the pool that you're picking from in this deal? Is it that really that hard to find somebody with qualifications? I would say yes, if that's Apparently what you're, if that's well, what you're using I'll as a qualification. You, yeah, what I'll tell you, and I think you make a really good point. I said it last week. I do think there's a list, and I do think they're watching the American people. And how are the strategies they're deploying, how are the people reacting based on, well, who needs to be VP? Because they know, they know whoever they pick for VP is going to take the reins. Mm. They know yeah. that. So it, don't think of it as a VP choice. Think of it as who, who's going to run the party. Yeah. Who's going to be the president going forward? So it is a, a sticky point because their pool is so shallow that I, I say 
Look, it's the Motley crew. Pick whoever. Yeah. Same result, right? But and you know, I, I thought for a while it was Stacey Abrams. I told you, Stacey, yeah. Stacey. I don't know. Uh, I think it's Rice, but something interesting. Why is he making this statement? Has he heard wire chatter that it is in fact Kamala? Right? Mm -hmm. Is that why he's making that statement? That mm -hmm. maybe the undertone is that they're leaning in that direction. Yeah. I say bring any of them. Bring them all. Pick five of them at the same time. We'll take them all. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to say, I want to float this idea. I don't want people to think about this. Uh, I think they created a narrative they can't control. Mm. You're looking yeah. at the media. You're looking at what's happening in the streets, places like Portland, places like Chicago, places like, you know, and then you have the pandemic. They've created a narrative that's now out of their control. It's out of Pandora's box. I think they're having to watch to see what mm -hmm. is that's happening it. because mm -hmm. they, can't, they can't pinpoint because the, the narrative could go any way now. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, rice? Yeah, I, that's still who I think. You think that it, is it will there, be. but I don't think the DNC backs that up. I did. Mm -hmm. I was reading some. Uh, I read a headline that Rice was. She was like trading off some of her, mm -hmm. you know, stocks and tr trying to distance herself from some of her financial ties. Uh, and there was speculation that that was because. They In were another world, I think she's the pick, but I, I don't think that that's got the going to have the backing. It would have the Joe pick, but I don't think it would have the backing. Yeah. All right. We have got much more to come when we come back. Who is it? You know, I've been sitting here thinking Stacey Abrams, too. All right, gentlemen, uh, wrap your heads around this one. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who is just an absolute pleasure. Uh, she had strong words for the hundreds of rioters and looters that took to the streets of Chicago Sunday night. They, of course, caused major damage to some of the city's tourist areas. Uh, but she is now asking for President Trump to send additional resources to federal agents assisting the Chicago Police Department in controlling the city's spike in violence. But... Only if those resources are targeted towards, quote, federally licensed gun dealers. Uh, she says that uh, what happened in the city uh, last night and this morning, of course, is deeply painful. And uh, she thinks that President Trump should help, but only if it's under the exact specifications that she wants, which is weird because I thought that she said that President Trump was not welcome to send in federal assistance and uh, that he was wrong to do so. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just like when Rahm Emanuel said that Chicago was now a Trump-free zone, but then you got the Trump Tower Hotel right there <laughs> in the middle of the city Whoops. on the river. <laughs> oh, well, there it is. It just says T-R-U-M-P in big, bright lights. I love how these people give the finger to Donald Trump, and then they turn around and they want to dictate to him. Uh, not only do they demand the help, they want to tell him how to give it. So mm -hmm. that'd be a big old tweet of no from me. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody is listening to her strong words either. Any rioters or losers? Looters, they're they're not checking out the news unless they want to say, "Hey, that goes my cousin." You know, I mean, that's that's the only thing they're doing. Well, it, I mean, they're it not is, listening to the warnings. It is interesting because it's not just in Chicago. Now, finally, uh, she's had enough, and she's straight up saying this is not First Amendment protected speech. This is criminal yeah. conduct. I mean, where have you guys been on that? Because it's been that she way for a long time. Yeah. She was yeah. that way until it got close to her house. Right. When they yeah. got in her neighborhood, it became yeah. a different narrative. So Yeah, the same, same deal in Portland, Yaku, <laughs> I keep reading. Oh, now it's declared a riot. Oh, weird, because they're doing the same stuff that they've been doing for months. And you guys just told us that they were peaceful protesters. 
Yeah, it's like a play, right? Like when you run a football play, you run it when you believe in it. You believe in it, and when it doesn't work anymore, you ditch it. Mm -hmm. So they've ditched the play. The play of anarchy, embrace anarchy, embrace lawlessness in your city because it drives the political narrative. Yeah. And it ran out and it didn't move the needle. And now it's like my city is falling apart, has always, by the way. Right. Sorry you just woke up yesterday morning. Okay. <laughs> Took who knows what out of your eyes. And now you're crying for help from the man you ridiculed day and night. And then you want to dictate how to help. I'm with Chad. I say, you know what? You guys wanted to govern your own state, your own mm -hmm. cities. Mm-hmm. Good luck. And it's not just and that. And sorry to say that, yeah. right? Because there's good people in Chicago. Sure. Yes. There are really yes. good businesses. Beautiful city. Be oh, stunning. Yeah. And that Trump building is so beautiful. And the water, man. I, I love, love that building. And I love that city aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Right? But you created this mess. Yeah. Now show us you can clean it up. Like we said to Portland. I'm so glad he did not go in there in the six city blocks. And he said, okay, govern yourself. Right. Oh, you can't. Right, right, right. Yeah, sure. And it's not just that aspect of it either. It's, you know, all of the money that they decide to spend on pensions and all of these other things that uh, the other taxpayers, you know, fe the federal government, uh, of course, doesn't have any say in, doesn't have any control over. Now, all of a sudden you run out of money and your first thought is to turn to the federal government and say, well, we can't pay for this anymore. We weren't anticipating all of this. Well, that's kind of part of budgeting, which is what every American family is forced to do. Cities think that they uh, don't have to do that, apparently. Funny when the money runs out. Mm -hmm. uh, go all the way back to the very first story we talked about, and that is the stimulus. Stuff. Yes. It's the same situation, whether it happens to an individual or a community, yeah. a homeowners association. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. When the money runs out, it's a whole other story. And then what do you do? You call dad on the phone. Dad, I, you know, uh, hey, how's mom? Y'all okay? Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm calling because I need a. And that's what you get. And that's exactly what she's doing right now. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom did it. Mm -hmm. Cuomo did it. She's doing it. There, there's, I mean, it's all Minneapolis asked for federal assistance as well. Assistance. Yeah. After they stood by while people burned. And what does Cuomo buildings. say? Well, we can't afford this. Right. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? We can't do that. We can't take care of our own citizens. We've already spent that money. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. we just print some more, though? I mean, isn't that the way it works? Right. Apparently not. Yeah, the answer is no. Uh, let's move to sports really quickly. Just because yes. uh, I'm in good company here to talk sports. So uh, weird things going on right now in college football. The Big Ten uh, just voted 10 to 2 to not have a season, uh, which it's being reported that the Pac-12 is going to follow suit on that. The SEC is courting the ACC and the Big 12 to have some sort of semblance of a season uh, so that they can play. And, of course, the Pac-12 players are um, trying to unionize right now so um <laughs> i i just i mean Ugh. of course because it's 2020 and uh everything is bonkers crazy yaku i want to get your thoughts on this first because uh in case they don't know the viewers out there you are a uh, you were a professional nfl player so give us the inside scoop. i'll say this college football's been a mess and the business side for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. For a long time. The balance was out of whack. The ADs in, 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 in the schools with as a player. So it's been out of whack for a long time. Good on the SEC for mm -hmm. rising up. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny if you look geographically where they're located. It mm -hmm. kind of tells a story too mm -hmm. about the parenting. Yeah. And, and, and so, but don't go have a season. We just had a conversation. The money will run out. 
because the TV contracts are monstrous yeah. at these schools, yeah. monstrous. And all of a sudden, Alabama and Tennessee and these SEC schools are saying, oh, no, 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 hold a minute, right. we're going to play. Mm -hmm. We're going to play because we need that contract. You, they'll come back, they'll squeal for a bailout. Mm -hmm. Watch, because, because their programs can't survive without the TV contracts, yeah. with or without fans, right? The television contract doesn't require a certain amount of fans in the stands. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, bad move. Uh, Goodell better keep his head screwed on straight, and there better be NFL football. Because we need some normalcy in this country. Shame on college football for we, doing this. We do need normalcy, but not with all the social justice crap no, that they're trying normal. to implant just in every Just go back and sport. fill the stadium yeah. and play football. Yeah. And treat COVID like what it is, just a sister of the flu. Uh, That's right. Chad, what do you think of the players trying to unionize? Dumb. That's dumb. But... Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. These kids are going to get hurt. If they're not careful with this and they and they just halfway do this and have a little shortened season or whatever they do, this is this is some major athletes, these young men. Yeah. These are major athletes. If they're not careful, they're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, but the colleges are going to get hurt. Something, something it's interesting because, I mean, you're talking about, you say, well, my kid goes to Alabama, doesn't play sports, no big deal. You Do you realize how much that money influences your kid that's in the psychology department? Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it has a big thing to do. So you're right on that. In a big school like Alabama or anybody in the SEC for that matter, but particularly in Alabama, I mean, you're talking major yeah. Major money. Yeah. You're talking about a head coach who makes, what, $10 million a year. I mean, this is, you know, 7 to 10. I don't know what it is anymore for Saban, but wow. Yeah. There's a lot going on here, a lot at Absolutely. stake. you got to feel bad for the, uh, the kids, too, who are, they wanted this season, right? Maybe they're about to graduate and they needed this there's, season to prove themselves. There's that. I mean, and there's where, where do they that. go? Your, your, name, your name is fill in the blank. Chad Prather, you're a defensive tackle, and mm -hmm. you hope to go play in the NFL, and this is your season. You what know, you, you, you got, you got you know, 10 snaps a game last year. Now you mm. promised 35, and hey, we're not playing. This is, and, and again, the, rec, the reckless decision-making in 2020, the collateral damage that we will not be able to measure until five, ten years down mm -hmm. the line, okay? Mm -hmm. Talking about kicking the can, you can kick the can, but somebody's got to pay the bill, yeah. number one. Mm -hmm. And this time, the bill is a guy's future, which you can't get back. Right. You yeah. don't. One bad tackle because it's a sort of a scrimmage. It's not quite, your heart's not. And as an athlete, you make such a, a point. If you tell me this is a real game, mm -hmm. we always as athletes, we ask each other, are we going to play true? Are we going to play honest? Are we, we going to smash each other? Yes. Or are we, are we running through the, and if you have that attitude of, yeah, it's not real, it's not, it's not, it's not for the house, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get hurt. Look at the NBA right now. Playing yep. in the bubble, right? They're playing patty cake, street ball in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, it's very soft guarding. It's very, it's just not the same game. Mm -hmm. You can't do that in, in Division no. One. You don't think it looks? It, you don't think it's the same with all of those weird-looking uh, people, digital people in the stands? The, the whole thing's like watching Tron. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like watching exactly. Running Man. It's exactly. weird. It it's is very weird. weird. No. It is very weird. And then, of course, you have the uh, the star players who still have their names on their jerseys, but all of the unknown players have like the social justice warrior messages. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, and now I really don't know who yeah, you but are. The ratings are reflecting it, right? Yeah. It's imploding. That league is imploding. It is. It's imploding. Oh, it's tanking. Yeah, it's tanking as shit. And the problem is, again, there's ramifications because this is money that's already spent. 
yep. even with the colleges. If you were, let's say you're in Paris right. and you make a million dollars a year and you're like, I'm good, I'm Paris Hilton, I know what's coming in. All of a sudden, that money's spent and all of a sudden there's nothing coming in for the next 12 months. Yeah, it's going to be a big time lifestyle change, except we're talking about our nation. Mm-hmm. Everything is Everything is connected. There's a synthesis there. Everything is connected. And when one thing dies, guess what? You know, the mistletoe on the tree dies when the tree dies. Chat, there's nothing in college that makes more money than football. Nothing, okay? Mm -hmm. When that suffers, they're going to shut departments down. Mm -hmm. Your kid's going to, wait a minute, we don't have a... We don't have a criminal justice department Liberal anymore. Liberal arts department. Liberal arts department anymore. What happened? You know, i got to move schools. It's reckless. My, my theories out there are so wild in that, for instance, you say, well, we want socialized medicine. Well, no doctor is going to want to do that. Well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's create a scenario whereby we shut down medical schools because we can't afford them anymore. Well, now mm-hmm. we don't need... You see where I'm going mm-hmm. with that? There's some weird scenarios that can yeah. go on out there. Yeah. I've always said they're going to use capitalism to create socialism, and that's what they're... I, yeah. Can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. All right. More to come back in a minute. Because here's what happens, right? Football will always win to the same. Uh, we often talk on this program about the perils of uh, public schools. Um, Chad, I know that you're no stranger to that, being that you are a, a gubernatorial candidate for Texas governor mm-hmm. and uh, public schools is a hot topic. So see see what you think about this one. A teacher is under fire now for uh, fretting out loud that virtual classes might actually allow parents to hear him brainwashing their kids. Now, he is uh, an educator. His name is Matthew Kay. He's an educator and author of a book on how to lead meaningful race conversations in the classroom. He's very worried that conservative parents are going to interfere with their messy work, the teacher's messy work of basically indoctrinating children into critical race theory, uh, gender theory, and all of those other lovely subjects. So he said, this fall, virtual class discussion will have many potential spectators, parents, siblings, etc., in the same room. We'll never be quite sure who is overhearing the discourse. What does this do for our equity inclusion work? How much have students depended on the somewhat secure barriers of our physical classrooms to encourage courage, vulnerability. How many of us have installed some version of what happens here stays here to help this? While conversation about race are in my wheelhouse and remain a concern in this no-walls environment, I am most intrigued by the damage that, quote, helicopter snowplow parents can do in the host conversations about gender and sexuality. And while conservative parents are my chief concern, I know that that damage can come from the left, too. If we are engaged in the messy work of destabilizing a kid's racism or homophobia or trans transphobia, how much do we want their classmates' parents piling on? Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> Who wants to go first? You're both left speechless. Buddy, you decide, <laughs> but I got a lot, so you, you pick. I'll just say, cradle to grave, that's all they care about, cradle to grave. They want control of your children. They want control of their minds. They want to impress upon them a, an indoctrination. That's why I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You've seen the conversations when I keep saying, look, you want to keep giving your child's mind over to the state. Uh, you can do that. But I'm telling you, there will be consequences to that. And people keep going, well, you can't tell me this and this and this. And I'm like, that's fine. But this is what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? 
that it's finally they finally are just coming out and saying yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. They're saying the quiet part. It's always been. At least yes. he's got the, the, the you know kudos to to actually say it. He's yeah. saying it, Sarah. <laughs> You know, I'm on a war path at the moment with two projects against sex ed in public schools. I want, I want your listeners to hear this. If, if a teacher goes to a, a regular playground and shows a kid, a random kid, the curriculum, that teacher would be in jail because you can't have illicit and exploitive material in a kid's curriculum in the classroom that a general citizen would go to jail for. You can have it in a library and you can have it in a museum, right? Mm -hmm. They know this, right? Go look at State Bill 329 in California. Go look it up. SB 329 signed by Newsom. Go look at the same bill signed by Inslee, right? About what's in the curriculum they're shuddering now because parents are actually going to hear the conversation. The type of questions they're asking of a 10-year-old, sexual questions, of a 4-year-old, mm. sexual questions. In the classroom, now the parent is going to hear it and go, what the hell? And yes, I said that because it's legal in a textbook, it, but it's jail time in public, right? Mm. Wow. That's the law. This is why they know now the rabbit's going to be out of the bag, cat's going to be out of the bag, and they're going to say, wait, parents are going to see this? I'm teaching, I know what I'm teaching. I know I would get arrested outside of the halls of the school. Now, helicopter parent, you better be helicopter parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this, do you think that one of maybe, maybe a silver lining of all of this pandemic nonsense is that uh, perhaps parents' eyes are opened to what is actually going on in public school and decide to make a change? Yeah, but I go back to the point I made earlier about critical thinking and yeah. complex thinking. Uh, how many times, have we, you know, we laugh about it and we say, well, you think this generation is bad? Wait 20 years from now when you got kids that have been uh, homeschooled by day drinkers, right? <laughs> so we've laughed about Listen, those kind of things. But My kid yeah. will turn out way better if I'm but, the one doing it than all that stuff. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, as a homeschool parent, yeah. and also I have children who have been and are a part of public school systems now. I've got two kids in the university system. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, you look at that, and that whole, are people willing to truly look at it and say, all right, enough is enough. I'm going to be the final authority and accept all responsibility and take the consequences for the education of my children. You can't, you can't, send them in there and then argue against the way they do things. You are giving them the right to indoctrinate your child's impressionable mind. Mm -hmm. And in the case of colleges, tax money aside for public schools, but in the case of college and universities, we're paying exorbitant yeah. sums for that. That's why I told my kids, I said, you go, you go to college with a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, no. I said, but as soon as you come home with bad ideology, I will jerk your butt out of there so fast. I said, I will not fund a bad ideology. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm all for open-mindedness and new ideas. I said, but we'll discuss those. Yeah. All right. Uh, we we got to take a break. Back in a minute. That's the law. That is crazy. Uh, Friday's poll, who do you want to see run in 2024? Uh, kind of a close one here. We've got Dan Crenshaw in the lead at 36%, uh, followed by Nikki Haley, 28.3%, Christy Nome at 275 so Haley and Nome neck and neck there, and Josh Hawley at 8.2%. What are, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Dan's a friend, but 
Dan's pretty moderate. He is. That's why I was surprised to see that he won this one. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Yako? Yeah, I I think, honestly, I just think where culture is going, it's going to have to be a woman. And I love, oh, I love Christy Noem. I have such a girl crush on her. Uh, All right, today's poll. Are you satisfied with what President Trump has been able to do in the past three and a half years, or are you disappointed he hasn't been able to enact more campaign promises? What do you think? I think he's he's done a he's done a lot. He's a done lot. a lot of what he said he was going to do. A lot. No, no, he most. Yeah. Most, but I want a bold new vision. Bold vision. Bold. There you go. Like what got him elected. Audacious. Yes. What got him elected audacious. the first time? Audacious. Put it out you there. You can't run on the old vision. Yeah. New, bold, huge. Yeah. Vision. All right. Let us know what you think. You can go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is at the Blaze, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.